2: Hi, and welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from three Ohio State football coaches, first head coach Ryan Day, then defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, and finally running backs coach Tony Alford. They all give updates about their individual responsibilities on the team, their thoughts on the first five games of the season, their outlook against Michigan State, and much more. Now, before we get into that audio, if you are finding this episode on our website, landgrantholyland.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are giving you almost every single day of the college football season two different podcast episodes so that you have all of the news, analysis, and conversations that you need to be the best Buckeye fan possible and some different voices and perspectives that you might not know that you needed as well. So, with all of that out of the way, let's hear first from head coach Ryan Day.
5: Film and watch the line, does it make it a little easier to, uh, to, make sure to the, way the comes
6: back and make sure he's right it? um you know watching the watching the film he was our player of the game on on offense um I thought he ran hard a big part of it obviously we know is, is everybody else involved with it but um you know, he, he ran really well but no I, I think uh, at the end of the day you know we leave all that stuff up to the medical uh, staff here to make those decisions and Certainly, we're anxious to get Trey back. I feel like It
5: could be just for
6: beyond? Yeah,
1: yeah. Ryan, you mentioned a few weeks ago that the injury that Jordan Hancock suffered during right. camp was a significant injury, yeah. and is he back to practicing full speed yet? And um, when do you expect him back?
6: Yeah, he, uh, full speed, yes. Um, but we're going to kind of look to see if we can get um, you know through the bye week, and then as as we get. Um, you know, to that, that game after the bye week, you know, we're hoping to get him back in the game at that point. But um, it's still sort of week to week at this point.
5: I mean, obviously, Tommy has obviously locked
1: down the middle linebacker job and played well all year. Yeah. Does his team like Steele is now doing that at the will?
6: I think so. You know, based on his production in the last couple games, but um, you know, it's week to week. But you know, I think based on the way he's playing right now, um, if he can keep that up, he's playing at a high level.
5: Ryan, you know, when, when you guys signed Mayan, he wasn't as highly touted as some of the other running backs from a recruiting perspective that you guys have signed. What was it about Mayan that you saw that made you believe he could be this kind of player? Yeah,
6: um, uh, you know, Tony watched them run. Kevin Wilson actually saw him play live in a game, um, and we, we just felt like he just ran really hard. And um, like you said, you know, maybe he wasn't as highly recruited, but um, you know, we just felt like we saw some something in, you know, A kid from Cincinnati who ran hard, you know, Wynwood's a very, um, you know, uh, they have a great winning tradition. They're a great program. They produce really good football players. And uh, again, being from Ohio uh, means a lot. And so, you know, we wanted to always invest in Ohio guys. And so we certainly saw the talent in him, but it was mostly just the way that he was built, low to the ground, his vision, his power running the ball.
5: Stats, red zone on Saturday, I think you guys had nine passing plays and nine running plays inside the 10-yard line. Just like what goes into uh, those decisions of when to pass, when to run in that area of the field?
6: Uh, you know, it, it, it's a lot of work on Wednesdays. Wednesdays are very stressful from when we get in here to when we get on the field, um, just with everything going on with game planning, but making decisions on short yardage, goal line, third down, in the red zone. And... Um, You know, there's sometimes very heated discussions in there because we know how important the red zone is, how important short yardage is, how important third down is. And so uh, we talk it through and then we put it on the field, try to make some corrections on Thursday. And then, you know, keep having those conversations all the way up until game time. What do we think? Balls on the left hash, eight-yard line, first and 10, second, you know, whatever those things are. And then uh, then based on what's happening, we try to adapt the best we can. Um, We had a lot of plays in the red zone this past week. So we had to kind of... Uh, dig into a couple plays that maybe we hadn't practiced um, you know, in a week or so, but the guys executed them well and, and did a good job. Uh,
5: yes, Brian, I kind of wanted to get your perspective looking back on just how important uh, CJ Hicks' role as a pure recruiter was in that class.
6: Yeah, um, excellent. You know, you always look for that Pied Piper in the recruiting class that can kind of show, um, you know, show the way and, and lead the way, and you know, we have a couple of those guys in the class right now. Uh, but he was, and um, you know, you think back, you know, Paris Johnson, Jack Sawyer, Kyle McCord. um you know, we've had different guys over the years who have done a great job of that. You know, I think about how our receivers really helped recruit CJ, uh, and so that was a big deal. But um, talking about CJ Stroud, but CJ Hicks in, in his class was excellent and did a great job. Right about
5: lying, but. You saw him, but what, what what was it about him meeting and talking to him as a person as a kid that you liked him as a
6: career. Uh he he's uh he, he's an interesting person. Um, you know, he really um you know has a way about him where he's very thoughtful. Um and at times can be uh, understated a little bit, but then there's other times where he's in front of the group and telling jokes and laughing and being loud. So uh we've seen kind of different parts of his personality bloom here. Um you know, I give mine a lot of credit. He's been through some different different things over the last, you know, year or so. You know, lost some people in his life, but he's continued to work through that as a first time. So to see him play like the way he's playing right now, going through everything he went through, and that's not something he typically puts out there, but he has been through a lot. And, um, you know, it's not easy, easy for these guys when they go through different things. And I give him credit for that. And I know the guys around him and his friends have pulled for him and helped him through that.
5: How have you seen him grow or maybe shrink as a player uh, from
6: his <laughs> high school days? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think just the overall awareness of what it takes to be a college football player. When he first got here, you could see in that first Clemson game. You know, I mean, he could see the ability, you could see the feet, you could see the quickness and the vision. Um, I, I think, you know, when you make that transition from high school to college, you think you can bounce everything and outrun everybody. And he's really learned to make those ugly three and four yard gains. You know, five and six, and the big plays come. And uh, I think his vision is really improved. I think his pass protection's improved. Uh, just the overall awareness of the game and football IQ.
5: and Steele obviously did enough last year to, to work his way into a starting role and whatnot, but obviously another year in this, as a linebacker. How have you seen him kind of become a real linebacker as opposed to a guy still transitioning?
6: Yeah, just playing more and understanding what it takes to be a, a linebacker, and there's just different things, whether it's in protection or attack and protection on blitzes, whether it's in coverage, whether it's in a run game, whether it's out in space, in the box. There's just so many different Things you have to do—you got to take on linemen, you got to go cover linebacker, uh, cover tight ends, running backs. You got to zone drop, read the quarterback's eyes. You got to read screen. I mean, there's just so many different job descriptions for a linebacker, and the more he's done them, the better he's been.
5: I know you guys have done that with Chip as well, and you talked about why that position can be one that can flip sides. But how difficult is it for a guy to, right before
2: a season or in an offseason to, to make that kind of trick?
6: I think it's a challenge, but I also think that both those guys played in high school. Uh, so it's not like it's they just started playing in, out of nowhere. Um, but when you see guys who are very athletic, who have the ability to cover guys down the field, cover ground, speed, power, explosiveness, change of direction, you know, those are the skills that you look for in a linebacker. And uh, and so, you know, some guys want to really try running back first to see if that's what works for them. And a lot of them, it does. Uh, but that's, that's, a, that's something that's happened over the years in football, the... It's pretty natural for linebackers to make the transition over to linebacker, um, but I do think, yeah, when you're talking about college football, it does take some time and takes a little bit of adjusting, which you know gives Steel credit and, and Chip that you know they're they're making that transition quickly. Ryan, right. um,
5: when you have a player like Jackson returning and you're sort of formulating your plan for the season, how much of your playbook are Jackson plays and stuff you draw specifically for him. A lot. and I figured <laughs> when you when you don't have access to yeah. that, does it force you to accentuate different things within the oh. offense? And how how's that process been?
6: Yeah, 100%. I think you hit it right on the head. Um, and I think when we talk that, you know, in here we always say, you know, one of the strengths of college coaching is being able to adapt to what you have. And I think that's what you've seen here, you know, and that had to kind of happen in game when we were in the Notre Dame game. It kind of caught us all off guard. Uh, and then we've had to do that <clears throat> here over the next couple of weeks, and uh, looking forward to getting Jackson back and getting him going. And uh, certainly brings a whole nother element to our entire offense. But I guess it's been a, a silver lining here is that we've had to, um, like you said, it, you know, kind of go down the road of some different packages, and um, and you can see that you know those guys have embraced it. And um, you know, you got to credit our, our staff and our kids for really embracing it and putting it on the field because it wasn't something that we spent a ton of time in on the offseason, but some. You know, but now it's on the field. It's one thing to practice. It. It's another thing to, to put it on the field and be successful. So uh, we think that it gives us some versatility in our offense as well.
5: Have you, I guess, learned anything about your offense sort of along that journey in terms of things that maybe are our strengths that you weren't anticipating coming into
6: the year? I just think um, certainly the tight end play between Cade, uh, Mitch, you know, G, those guys have been solid contributors for us. And, and then also just you know the young receivers. I think um, you'll see in the way that the the offensive line has handled some of the run game and the way the running backs are running. Um, I think when you add all that stuff together, um, you're seeing progress there. Again, nowhere we need to be. And as we continue to get challenged more and more, we'll, we'll see where where the um, the adjustments need to be made. But um, I think that's something that you know we've looked at here in the first five games and seen some progress.
5: And just one last thing: when you look at the quarterback is <clears> – <throat> Heisman Trophy candidate and you know how important cumulative stats are to that award. You're in a game that is clearly trending in your favor. Is any part of your decision making call and plays let me see if I can steal a touchdown for CJ? Rather
6: than maybe calling things within whatever the flow of the game would be at that point. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't you can't go down that road, um, although you know you understand that that's, that is part of the world we live in right now. <clears throat> but I think what CJ would tell you is that you know, all he wants to do is win. No, he doesn't he's not looking for individual awards. And, uh, he was the happiest guy on Saturday. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of holding calls. There's a lot of things that, you know, just happened. And, you know, he would look at you and say, well, we scored seven touchdowns in our first nine possessions. You know, if someone said that to you, that's a pretty good day. And we're all looking around after the game going, well, I guess we got to get better in these areas. It was a clunky day. It's like, whoa, we're going to get a grip on things a little bit. And, uh, so I, I think he would tell you that. And, um, you know, we have to just take what the defense is giving us, and we have to look for that balance. And and that's the most important thing. And all the other things will take care of itself in the end.
5: Been right off, Gary, Coach, first road trip of the season. Mm-hmm. What kind of concerns and, and how does it uh, change for you guys?
6: Yeah, um, going on the road, uh, tough, pl- tough place to play, uh, certainly a great stadium and great environment. And, um, you know, it's going to be hard to win up there. It, it always is, and um, you know this is the first time we're going on a road. So, uh, new challenge for us, um, new test, uh, and you know it's been unique that we are into week six here and haven't played a game on a road. Uh, it's been great, but we got into a good rhythm. But now we got to go get our first conference road game.
5: You got these guys pretty good down here last year. It was a top ten matchup and all that. What, what do you expect this time? And, and what do you see when you look at that?
6: It's the same thing. Um, They've had a couple injuries here and there, but they're still uh, very much the same team they were last year. A lot of those guys are back, so um, I know they've lost a couple games here, but we're, we're expecting a top-10 team. We go up to East Lansing, uh, well-coached, really good players. Um, they had an excellent season last year, and those guys are still there. So uh, it's going to be hard, just like it always is, and, and we know that uh, You know, we got our hands full this week. So we've got to have a really good Tuesday and Wednesday practice to go on the road and go get this win. on the block
5: WSYX? Hey coach, today, what challenges can Michigan State's defensive front present,
6: especially with Jacoby Wendon coming off the edge? Yeah, um, you know they, they've done a good job last year, and they do a good job this year of trying to create, um, you know, chaos in the backfield. Um, you know, they've they've upgraded in certain areas with um, some new players in, in the front, and so um, just like any team we play in any conference game, we got to win a line of scrimmage, and and that'll be um, that'll be important on both sides of the ball, but. Uh, we know what they're capable of and they're very
5: talented. I, I, I think, I mean, Coach, you guys have had to win a lot of different ways on offense this season. Have you had a time in your career where you have had to kind of change your game plan this much? And how much do you think you've learned just from the first five games? And um,
6: I mean, we've learned a lot about our team, I think, um, and, and where we're going, but, um, this is still just the beginning. We've got a long way to go. Um, and I think, you know, we, we all understand what needs to be done this season. Um, and I think we have a better idea of what we have than we did five weeks ago, first going into that Notre Dame game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think every year you learn more about your team. You learn more about, you know, what you need to do to win. Um, but it's not magic. It's fundamentals. It's taking care of the football. It's tackling well. It's winning the line of scrimmage. I mean, I, I say that every week, but it's true. I say to the guys, you might get bored of me saying it, but it's that's the discipline of bringing it every week is you gotta do the same thing every week. And sure it gets gets old to hear, but it's the truth, and the great ones can do it every week and can bring it every week and don't get tired of the basics and the fundamentals.
5: Said on Saturday that it wasn't style points, which you guys went forty nine to ten. How almost tiring does it get that Ohio State has to win a hundred to nothing every week? And how hard is it to walk in a locker room and say, like you said, it's clunky? even though you guys just dominated. A
6: big temple. Yeah. Well, um, I was walking into the blackwell and someone grabbed me and just said, coach, good luck in the game today. 63, nothing. Right. I said, okay. Yeah. He's, okay. We're going to start off by trying to get the first verse down, but, um, it's, um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And I think it's, um, the pride everybody has in our program. I think it's the hard work of so many people here that the expectations are so high and that comes with the job. And, um, that's a good thing. We look at it like it's a good thing, you know, that people expect us to win at a certain level. And, you know, if we score seven touchdowns in our first nine possessions and we're talking about how things were a little clunky, then that's a good thing because we're we're holding ourselves to a very high standard. And I I embrace that and we embrace that. We love that. And that's what makes us good is we didn't come to Ohio State to be average. You want to be great. And so um, that's the way we take it.
5: obviously an obviously a the season with a lot of expectations, a lot of hype. Uh, it um, seems like he's even that this year what he's playing so far. What are your thoughts on
6: there? Yeah, I I think making the transition to tackle, he's done a good job. He's got some bigger challenges coming, but he, you know he's made some progress for sure. I think all the guys up front have. Um, You know, again, as, as we continue to build throughout the season, we'll start to see more and more growth uh, for all those guys. Um I think you're seeing that across the board with the guys up front. Uh, still a lot to work on though, uh, but there's been bright bright spots, there's been flashes, there's been good play uh, in the run game and in the pass game, uh, but still a lot of things we want to continue to clean up, but you're right. I mean, for first time starting a tackle, there's been some good play.
5: Defensively, where you were at last year compared to where you're at this year, how does that affect your play calling or your decisions in the situation or the confidence you have in the defense to be able to get stops, whereas last year maybe the stops working
6: on them? Yeah, I mean, certainly early on, like in the Notre Dame game, it was huge, you know, deciding to kind of... Uh, push the ball inside the ten yard line and play defense. Um, I, I think that that certainly, uh, in those really tight games, are going to play into it big time. Because uh, when you're getting those stops, then yeah, you play the field position game, and that's okay. But again, it's not something we're used to. But that's um, that's just the way it goes. And so that's smart football. And the minute you start getting away from that, um, then you start getting arrogant. You put yourself at risk big time. You know, starting to think that you know that doesn't matter. It certainly does. We got to play the field position game. We got to play great defense. We got to take care of the football. Yet,
5: Ryan, when it comes to changing player positions, not specifically linebacker, but just in general, what do you? How's that conversation with some of those guys when it comes to moving positions?
6: Yeah, we uh, we don't really um, make the decision. Uh, we bring it up. Uh, like for instance, you know, with Cade Stover, it was his decision. Uh, Steel Chambers, it was his decision. Uh, we tell them what we see, what we think. But in the end, if, you, if you're if you forcing someone to change positions, it doesn't work. They have to want to do it. They have to embrace it because it's really hard, and they're going to fail over and over and over again. And the only way to uh, make it is to be able to sustain over time through those failures and, and be resilient. So uh, that's my experience with it. I that's
5: why those guys have had so much success because it's something that they want to do. I think so,
6: yeah. I mean, to take Chip, for example, I mean, we – recruited him like crazy as a linebacker here, and he wanted to play running back in college. And we said, okay, no problem. We love you. I mean, love them. Uh, but he decided to go to Arizona State and then realized he wanted to play linebacker and came back. And now he's really embracing that role, and I think you're going to see his career take off.
5: All right. Now we're a little bit over a year, and I know, would you say it's a net positive or a net negative for the sport? And can you just dive into – in a, in a world of sort of lawless right now, how challenging it is to stay within lines that are almost invisible.
6: Yeah, I, I, I think it's such a, uh, it's not a black and white answer, you know, positive or negative, because um, while the idea of it is definitely a positive and there's a lot of people who are benefiting from that, certainly our players are benefiting from it, it's, it's excellent and they deserve it. Um, just it's, it's hard because there's a lot of hard feelings because there's a lot of gray area. In terms of you know what's allowed what isn't allowed uh, inducement those type of things so uh, until we wrap our minds around that and and get some really concrete rules on how we want to move forward with this on what is allowed and what isn't um college football is a multi-billion dollar business and you know when you don't have the guardrails in line or uh, you know for these types of things then there's going to be hard feelings and i think it's just important that we try to get our arms wrapped around that
5: beyond that you're, I think, a third of the way through what you hope is the full season, of 15 games. Have you guys started to see new leaders emerge in the in the program? And the all off season was about the leadership committees and that kind of stuff. Yeah. You, who stepped up or, or that you've seen as elevated? You have three captains that really can't play. So I'm just yeah,
6: um, yeah. I mean, I, I just I've I really felt Ronnie Hickman out there big time. Um, I think his leadership's been excellent uh, with the guys up front. I mean, you're seeing Luke, you're feeling Luke when he's out there. I think. Juan Jones has been a pleasant surprise just in terms of his day-to-day positivity out there. Uh, I'm just feeling him out there. Uh, Certainly, you guys know about Cade and CJ and those guys uh, at the receiver position. Uh, You know, I think Omeka is is an excellent leader. I think Julian's shown leadership um, on defense. Yeah, certainly Tommy is outstanding there. Zach Harrison's had a really good voice. Um, Who else in the back end there? Um, I'd say those are the guys that kind of jump. I'm going to forget somebody, but... Uh, oh, Xavier Johnson has been excellent, really. Just overall, his leadership's been, been tremendous. Uh, certainly, the captains have been great. Uh, but when you go on the road for your first road game, leadership is critically important. And so our, our leadership will be challenged this week.
7: Coach, just um, curious, as you've watched the last couple of games on film, beyond stats, how do you evaluate the way CJ's played?
6: Ah, you just take it, you know, play by play, and um, you know, grade what you see on film. And um, there's been some really good things, and, and obviously some things that he's got to improve on. But that's that's everybody in the on the the entire program. But um, there's been some really good play there.
7: As it, as it relates to Michigan State, it seems like one area they really excel right now is actually in the punt game. Number one punter in the country. I know they haven't turned those you know, field possessions necessarily into wins, mm-hmm. but. How do you uh, approach a week of preparation you're going against a team that can flip
5: the field
6: the way they do? Yeah, we have to. Well, we talked about it today in our staff meeting, you know, what the objectives are and special teams. And that came up in the meeting. They do a great job in that area. So, um, you know, that's an area we got to win. we got to win the kicking game. It's part of our plan to win. And, um, you know, part of it is going to be certainly, you know, making sure that we're aware of all the fakes and different things that may come up in a game like this is – you know, teams typically will try to steal possessions you know that's that's part of the, the plan uh, you know a lot of times we see so we have to be on on edge there but then we got to do a good job of, of uh, trying to be aggressive and going after some punts and at the same time you know when it's time to return them you know we got to do a good job of holding them up so that um, you know when a punter you know can really do a great job with punting the ball with hang time and, and you know down the field you got to hold the guys up in order to get a return and we have good returners so um, you know we'd like to get some some yards back on that area so that um, you know we don't feel like we're going uphill all day.
7: But Emeka last week it, it was an awful windy day I mean, you evaluated the yeah, that.
6: yeah, I mean that's that's not good when you when you turn the ball over you know the first punt of the game and um you know he's been reliable for us, and he'll continue to be reliable for us, but I know he wish he had that playback I mean nobody wanted to play the make the play more than Emeka Abuka. um nobody carries more than him, so um you know he'll he'll take a look at it and try to figure out how maybe he could. Uh, work on that a little better. We'll get some um, punts up there on windy days and keep working through it. But uh, we all have we have all the confidence in the world that he'll he'll catch the ball when it's in the air.
5: Coach, uh, five straight games at home and you've had a lot of people
7: cheering for you. Now you're gonna have people who gonna tell how much they hate you, right? And, and all teams being different than the Rose Bowl team and, and this team. What are you looking for from
5: these guys because you know, get. You go up there, you play the game, you come back down. I mean, that's, that's like a, that can be pretty stressful for a young player, a young team. So, what I mean, are really you looking for from this team? Yeah,
6: I think the first thing is composure and focus when you go on the road. Um, you know, you have to, you have to do a great job with leadership. You know, the older guys who have been through this before have got to lead the way because like you said, if you haven't been through that before, it's hard to um, simulate going into, you know, hostile environment like we're about to do. So, um, the leadership and the older guys got to lead the way and, uh, we got to show composure and focus and, uh, obviously play hard. You know, we, that, that, goes without saying, but you know, there, there can be a lot more distractions when you're on the road. So, uh, term ser- in terms of, you know, when you're at the game, now, the good thing is when you're traveling together, there's less distractions in terms of all the outside stuff. You know, you're kind of on the bus, you head up on the plane, you're at the hotel together. There's not all family members, just different things in the area that may be a distraction. So that part's good. But I think those are the areas that we'll focus on.
5: Any, any of the teams that you've been an assistant on or the head coach with any team that in like maybe the first or second road game where you're coming back home and going, "Wow, this team's really changed." Oh, know, yeah, you,
6: yeah, you can learn a lot from being on the road. Absolutely, yeah.
5: Game in particular,
6: not you know, not offhand, just here uh, as we talk about it. No, but I know what you're talking about. I, I, I mean. Um, I'm aware of what you're saying. You know, you can really mature and grow as a team when you're on the road. And, and go get a conference win on the road, it can mean a lot. So uh, I don't really have a, an example offhand, but certainly I
5: agree with what you're saying. Going back to you mentioned the distractions and you and have crossed the Tower 5, a couple of different programs, and part of ways with the was already this early into a season. Just from your standpoint as a head coach, how difficult is it to keep up with all the extra, you know, things going on in season aside from just winning the game
6: inside? Yeah, it's it's a big challenge, but um, but you know that you, you know and um, you know you know what comes with it doesn't make it easier, but that's why you have to hire great people that you can rely on, and um, you do all the all the work in the off season, you know, to get to these moments here. Um, but to say it's easy, you know, that, that's that's not true. It is it's the challenge, but but that's what we signed up for, and that's that's the way we want it
5: hiring great people, leaning on others, just who from, who from Ohio State kind of helps out with that kind of stuff that you lean on? What sort of advice do you seek? Yeah,
6: I mean, everyone. Um, you know, It just depends on where you're talking. I mean, when you talk about the team and you talk about you know, the strength and conditioning area, Mick Morati is a huge um, you know, person that I go to all the time. Um, in the recruiting area, certainly it's Mark. When it comes to operations, it's Quinn Temple and, and Brian Botellini when it comes to the you know, the, the obviously the football stuff. It's it's the entire staff. The coordinators starts with those guys. Um, you know, just day to day stuff. You know, Keenan Bailey is a huge help for me. Um, and there's just a lot of people here that that you have to lean on. Everybody has their certain area that they got to be really good at, and if they don't, they kind of stick out. You know, like Kayle Olson's got to be the best nutritionist in the country. I mean, just the work she puts in for these guys and how she helps these guys on a day to day basis and the hours she puts in—it's unbelievable. Um, you know, and so there's, there's we have our player development um, with Tony, Candace, and C.J. You know, the, there's so many people around here that have to be on their game all, all the time, and if they're not, then, then something falls apart, and we can't have that. And I think everyone embraces that. We talk about what that means, especially in the off season, and
5: everyone's got to hold up their end of the bargain. Cam Brown's had to go. Through these recovery processes several times, I'm sure he was hoping he was going to be done with that this year. How has he handled this one? Uh, his latest setback. What's been the frustration and the mindset for him as he tries to get back out there? Yeah, he's been uh, he's
6: been itching to get back out there. He's, he's been he's been stressing to get back out there. I mean, um, I, I've felt an urgency about him for the last you know week that he's dying to get back on the field. So. Um, you know he's gonna you know we're gonna obviously make sure that he's he was where he need to be, needs to be and kind of trust the doctors and all the medical people, but I mean he's trying really hard to get back on the field and um, I don't think anybody's more frustrated than he is, so um, hopefully this is a great week of work and we can get him back on the field this week
5: outside of he was playing well early on, you've seen Denzel struggle a little bit and you've had the injuries with Jordan, but what has it been like to manage that whole unit? I know it hasn't worked the way that you or Tim probably. Which I imagined for this first
6: month once. Yeah, well, we, you know, we haven't really had that that um, that whole unit at full strength, and um, you, know, you think about you know not, not having Jackson and a few different guys, and you know, we haven't been at full strength. But when you look at most teams across the country, most of them aren't, anyways. So that's part of the game, and so you have to adapt, and that's where some of the young guys got to step up. And, and to the young guys' credit, in that in that room, you know, J.K. and Jair had to step up, and so that's good. That's building some depth moving forward. But like you said, you know, we can get Cam back this week, and hopefully Jordan in a couple weeks, and. And Denzel, you know, coming off of that hand, you know, I think he's got a game under his belts. Hopefully, you know, he'll take the next step this week. But uh but it, that's part of it. You know, we were missing a couple guys like Cam and, and Lathan for a game, you know, and so some different guys have had to step up. And so that, that part has been good. Some guys with you know has played, have we played some depth here. Um but you know, ideally, yeah, we'd love everybody healthy. Uh
5: second rollout Steven Means, please I just one more follow up on the public through this. I know he muffed that one, but he's had a couple this year where he's had to basically catch it over his shoulder. Uh, has there been conversation about maybe just moving him back to so it's not even – the, the tough thing
6: about moving him back is on, on that field, because it's not grass, when it bounces and rolls, it rolls forever. So it can cost you 30, 40 yards. So trying to find that sweet spot in there is difficult. And the funny thing in the stadium is if you looked up at the, um, the flags, it was blowing south, I believe. And went down in the field, it was going the other way, and then all of a sudden it would, it would just it would turn on the field, it, so it swirls down there. So sometimes to try to get an idea of where that wind is taking the ball or holding the ball up is a little bit of a challenge, and we try to do the best we can out there. Um, but there's a little bit of a feel to it, and you know he obviously that one got us, but he's also done a good job of making sure he catches those because you know if, if you go too far back and it takes that big hop and rolls 30 yards, that, that's three first downs. So we try to find that spot in there and um, sometimes we do better than others. Just
5: well, I mean, you kinda of got off to a hot start in his first couple of games here I mean, Has he maybe missed Jackson most of the receiver just because it seems like he's the one getting double teamed and having the extra guys on him over the top
6: now? Um I don't know if I don't know if he's getting double teamed, you know. I don't I don't I think um I think he's doing great. I think when he's had his opportunities he's made plays, you know, I think um you know there was a couple holding calls on him the other night, you know, and Maybe if those don't happen, there's a few more catches and, and things like that. And just the way it's played out this year, we haven't had as many plays um, in a couple of the these past couple of games. You know, when you look at the numbers, you say oh, they're a little down, but they haven't really played in the fourth quarter, you know, or really even at the end of the third quarter. So that's only a game and a half um, or excuse me, like, you know, a half and then maybe like another eight to ten minutes. So. Um, that's a lot of football that some of the guys are missing. So, no, I, I see him playing at a high level right now. Um, he works as hard as anybody and, um, you know, certainly will be good to get Jackson back, there's no question. But, but no, we're, we're happy with his play. Right
5: next who uh, this week. Yes. It possibly mm-hmm. um, with Jackson, you characterized him as sort of day-to-day last week. Does he fall into the same kind of Jordan Hancock category for a game yeah. like this when you've got the bye week coming
6: up? No, buy, we move. no we're, we're, we're hoping to get him back this weekend, you know. But again, it's just so hard to tell. You know, we can come in today and say, well, he had a little bit of a setback, or no, he's really doing good and he's trending to play on Saturday. So um, when I say day to day, that's kind of how it is. Um, and, you know, with the style of injury that he has, it can kind of go that way. It can linger or it can get better quick. So um, we're hoping that it it's the uh, latter of the two. You mentioned
5: the Times today, and you were talking about last week about taking what a defense gives you, being more willing to just run the ball. Maybe in the past when you have not so much, but you've also got a Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback. You've got first-round NFL receivers. So, how are you finding? I guess that balance, just as a play caller, because don't you want to still be the one dictating things offensively and pushing that action? And um, how do you reconcile?
6: Yeah, we just every every drive we're trying to score touchdowns, and whatever it takes on that drive will do. Um, every drive's a little bit different um and so again, if they're gonna sit in a too high look and we're probably gonna run the ball if if they're you know taking a safety out of the out of the sky and putting them down in the box, that opens up some one on ones on the outside and it's not as simple and as easy as that, but philosophically that's that's what we're talking about so um you know we'll we'll just try to find that balance and um you know we we the other thing that happened uh, after looking back on the film was we had a short field a few times too. So some of those drives, you know, they only had to go about 50 yards to score. So when you look at the numbers at the end of the stat sheet, it looked a little light. And um, I think that was just unique
5: to the game. So you see your feeling a shift as far as just how defenses in general are, are approaching you or things you're seeing across college football. The defenses are maybe trying to take that away more and playing back more.
6: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I think that the defenses have really done a great job this year. I don't know what the numbers are across the country, but – um, just at first glance, it seems like the numbers seem to be down a little bit. I don't, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but I feel like you know the the scores and, and stuff are, seem to be down a little bit. But maybe that's just um, maybe that's not accurate. But I, I just feel like defenses are doing a good job uh, across the country.
5: Looking back on Denzel's return against Tucker's on Saturday. What, what did you make of it? What's what, what in general for, for the season that he's had? He had some, some maybe more ups and downs than he had last year. What do you think kind of like contributed to that?
6: I think you know, he, in terms of you know his his movement and you know working through that hand, I give him a lot of credit for having that procedure done and getting back on the field um, so quickly. Uh, goes to show you how tough he is. Um, and, and he's been right there for a lot of these plays. He just hasn't quite finished them, and so that's an area that he's got to work on. But the good news is he's right there and. Uh, so you know we believe in it, and you know Tim's going to drill the heck out of it this week. And um, but uh, but you know his his footwork and the way he's moving is all really good, and his cover ability is really still strong. He just got to finish at the point of attack. And I know he he, he understands that, and he's going to work on that this week.
5: Yeah, guy in last year to have a big freshman year to come here and contribute right away, and was rating coverage against a lot of the best receivers based in the Big What's this year been like for him personally, just kind of dealing with?
6: Yeah, you'd have to ask him. You know, I don't, I don't know, but. um we start to believe in them. Uh, Brandon
5: Short, uh, podcast, and, I'm free. Dude, and Whatever. Hey, uh, Ryan. Uh, look around the country. Paul Chris just got canned on Sunday. Uh, you know, guys.
4: How does that heighten just uh, your awareness of when now, baby? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, mean, I do. I know, I know you don't need any more burden no. on you than whatever, no. but it's it's kind of crazy, isn't it?
6: It is. Uh, it is. But um, but it, that's. I don't think it's anything more or less. I mean, I, I feel that every day when I wake up. It's just you know we got to win them all. So um, that's just and that's that's not always easy to live that way, but it's just the way it is. And so we've embraced that, and that's that's how it goes. But it is a tough profession. Yeah,
5: I'm not trying to get you brag on your offense, but I, I will ask this. I mean, uh, Rutgers was bound to determine Y'all weren't going to run the ball Saturday, you know, and then they played the two houses, and y'all kept picking at that lock, and you you opened the lock and I mean, do you just feel like you're you're working right now with just a full complement when it comes to offense of finding answers?
4: And I don't know what what is that feeling like. I guess.
6: Yeah. No. I, I mean, uh, no. I don't think we're we're anywhere near there. Um, I do think we have had some balance and we we've done some good things. Don't get me wrong, but no, I, I don't. I don't. There's still a lot of issues. Um, and the whole key is to identify the issues and get them fixed. Even though maybe uh, against a certain team you can get away with some things. So. Um, you know, as the comp- as the as the film continues to grow, as uh, you know, we get into these conference games, we get into some of these matchup games. It's going to get harder and harder. So um, you know, we got to go out there and have a great week of practice. We got to get some things fixed. We got to keep growing in the passing game, the running game, the play action, the drop back, the, the power run game, the spread run game. There's just so many things that we need to improve on. So, um, so no, I, I I don't think we're there right now. Um, but we have had some good bright spots, though, for sure.
5: What we done object- Jackson. You watch him on video now. What just stands out about the way he is playing?
6: Um, You know, he's very talented, but he's also very intelligent. Uh, He's tough. um, You know, just in terms of his ability to bend and the power that he has. I mean, he kind of has a lot of those uh, skills, and he has a lot of tools there. But, but I think what probably makes him special is just his mental Uh, makeup. You, you guys have
5: not. Been challenged, other than Notre Dame, almost every other team is had a post call. I mean, how happy are you with just how the season has gone so far?
6: Uh, hard to tell, you know. Just because every week is a week in progress, it's, it's like a it's, um, you know a work in progress where we're trying to figure out every week what we need to improve on because we know that we're down this path and we have to continue to build to um, you know reach our goals. So, you know, each week you try to identify the things you've done well and enhance them. You try to identify the things you've got to improve on. Sometimes that's easier to do than others. You know, sometimes you got to really uh, scratch at it a little bit. And that's not always easy to do uh, when you win the way we've won the last couple of weeks. But um, you got to be honest. And we all have to be accountable and critical and make sure that we're, we're getting better in those areas because, um, you know, it's important to continue to get better. Um, I don't know how else to say it, you know.
5: I assume you're quite pleased with Jim Knowles and the defense. What has stood out to you about how different this is? And maybe you probably figure first year quarter year there are gonna be some bumps in the road. Right. Um, how is that going?
6: Well, I think that they um, they're playing with great confidence. And to me that's the most thing, most important thing is that they're playing with pad level, they're playing fast, they're playing with confidence. Um, and you know, the scheme is great. I think they believe in the scheme, which is there's good answers. But at the same time, it's to me, it's the energy, it's the pad level, it's the fundamentals. It's, I mean, just look at the way Tommy's playing, he's just playing a lot faster. The way Steele is playing, he's playing faster. The line's playing with a little bit more aggressiveness. So um, I think that's probably the number one thing. Um, again, still got a lot to improve on, but, uh, but I like the way that they're playing, and their energy.
5: Yeah, Ryan, just to clarify, the way Tim asked that question about. People getting fired. Did, did you think Tim was putting you on the hot seat there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> no, not You, would be, would be you said you wake up thinking about that. Like, what? Like, I have to be at my best every day. We can't lose a game. What? Well, How do you really manifest that idea of of doing your job?
6: No, everything you just said is, yes, that's exactly the way I wake up every day. Now, there's nothing you can do about that other than try to focus and be great right now. And um, you got to wake up running every day, you know, or someone's going to get you. So um, that's just the way it is. And I think our team understands that. I think that so far we've had that approach. Now, can we sustain it? That's the challenge.
5: You said the Wednesdays when you're in the offensive meeting room and you're coming up with red zone and short yardage. Yeah. Used to be, I think you use the word stressful. Um, is it fun too? Is it ball coaching? Like, what's what's the there's stress in there and trying to be perfect, but also what's it like when you all the offensive guys are in there trying to make a plan? Don't you love that? Uh,
6: the, the best part is when it, you execute and you put it on the field and it works in a game because you just think about all the work that's been done. And so you can enjoy it after the game. That's the best feeling. Yeah, during during it, no, it's not. It's not always that fun because you know, you, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? What's the best angle? What's going to happen? Are they going to change the look? Is um, you know, is this guy going to win in this matchup? You know, there's just so many variables to come into play, and everybody has to do their part. And um, and then you have to have the right chemistry in there, where you know sometimes. You can say too much. Sometimes you can say too little. You got to make decisions. You got to move on because the clock's ticking. And uh, guys will be in here in meetings here at two thirty, and we got to go. So um, it's it's a race against time to come up with a really good plan that schematically gives you an advantage, but also allows your players to play fast. And that's what we strive for. And having enough, but not having too much.
5: How have you evolved in your offensive thinking in your time at Ohio State? First, as a coordinator and now as a head coach, being in those rooms, being in the college game, and I know you were before, have you changed how you think about offense? Yeah,
6: yeah. I think it's just being in those games and knowing this is what we're going to need. Um, and, and just looking at it and saying, well, we need like two more runs here in this situation, or we need one more play action pass here, or we got too much. Like, guys, we, we can't execute any of this stuff. And just trying to find that right balance. I think that's probably just over the years between Kevin and I, we've we've you know worked hard to strike that balance. Not that it's always perfect, but it's probably what we've learned the most.
5: Real quick, just like even taking off your coaching hat, real quick. Now, Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of the best players in college football. It just stinks that he's barely been able to play this year. Yeah. Are you just curious? Just think, everybody wants to see this guy play football. Yeah, um,
6: I, I think that, like I said, there's a silver lining. But yeah, no, nobody wants to get on the field more than Jackson, and, um, and we all. Would love to see him on the field as well.
5: A little bit what Doug touched on. You spoke of the burden. Do you feel like because I'm a young guy, I've been through the grind, I'll get to January and then I'll take a breath, or do you dump the burden somewhere? Do you just carry
6: it. Um, I, I I don't even know. I don't I don't really think about it like that. Um, I try to do the best I can when when we you know we get away from it. You know, on a Thursday night to. Try to um, you know do something to think about something else, but usually what happens is we end up as a family watching football on TV on a Thursday night. So it's hard to get away from um, where my son comes home from his game, but uh, it's just kind of a way of life, and uh, and we love it, we embrace it. And I just think I think of you know five home games in a row with over a hundred thousand people in the stadium, just unbelievable crowd, and just seeing all the people at the skull session, you know, walking up to the game, post game, just um you know, seeing the joy in their face you know after a win and that's that's something we take you know a lot of pride in
5: mental health is your cause
6: yeah yeah you know you have to find a balance just like we all do you know it's just you know obviously mine's a little bit different but everybody has their own challenges and um you know mine's not harder than anybody else it's just different and you know i think we all have to find that balance thanks
2: Next up at the podium is defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. All right, well,
4: we're going to go 15 minutes uh, here real quick with Coach
2: Knowles. Uh, open it up. Uh, Cameron Teague, Robinson, The Athletic, 4th row right. Jim, when, when Tanner went down, Pestos came in, just kind of He played, I think, somewhere around 30 snaps that game. How did you evaluate his
5: game? Um, yeah, I don't feel it
0: thought Kai had a solid game. I mean, here's a true freshman and really has not had many reps at that nickel position. Um, we had to make that uh, adjustment during the week and trying to look ahead, you know, get him in there at different times. But, uh, you know, you're forced in a situation. Young guy has to step up. I, th- I thought uh, he held his own
1: spot has been just that whole room has been banged up the first five weeks of the season you guys have moved people in and how would you with just that room as a whole i know mean, you guys knew it would be pretty heat coming in but have they been more impressive than maybe you thought
5: or with everything going on
0: yeah i thought they've handled adversity extremely well i mean that's our game in involves uh a lot of your d- success is determined by how you handle adversity and i think that group has has done a great job of it, having to be flexible, move guys around. It's not as easy as it looks, you know, and, and, and a lot's asked, A lot is asked of those safeties in our defense, and I thought they. I think they've done a good job.
4: Let's go far left, Justin Holbrock, WCMH. Right, there's one for 11 on third down in that game. You guys
7: are, I think, 11th, 10th in the country in third down. When you talk about adversity, that's the part where you see what the defense is made. of. Why have you guys been so successful there on third down?
0: Yeah it's just something that we, we emphasize, you know, it's, it's part of this system. Um, You know, and I actually was disappointed. I just looked at that and saw we were 11th in third down, you know, we certainly have higher aspirations in that we're, we're, we're doing well, but it is a critical part of our system. So our guys are trained from the beginning on how to hold the line and know where that, Know where that down is because, to me, that's the game of defense: getting the ball back to the offense, and and particularly when you have an offense that is as successful as ours, you want to get the back the ball back to them as quickly as you can. So, if it's not by a takeaway, that's all on that third and fourth down. So, we're doing well. I'm I'm, I'm pleased, but I but we certainly want to continue to grow.
2: Uh, front, front row and left, Dave
1: Biddle, twenty four seven sports. Jim there's a lot of talk about uh, Court Williams in the preseason um I know you guys are extremely deep at safety uh, what's going on with Court uh, do you expect a, him to have a role in the defense this year
0: Yeah Court Court has been um banged up you know he's had some some things going on that that hasn't given him the chance to to fully compete to earn a position so he's a great leader and um you know certainly we we hope he comes along but He's not completely healthy, so you know we we need to give him time to get better.
1: J.K. Johnson, um, can you just describe his skill set? It seems like he's very confident. I know he's fast. Just describe him as a corner, if you will. Yeah,
0: I like I like uh, J.K.'s aggressiveness. Number one, Um, his reach. You know his impact in in press coverage and his um, competition at the end of the route. I think those are things where where J.K. excels. You know, and that derives from having the physical traits and the skills, but like you said, also the confidence. But I like the way he throws punches at the line of scrimmage. That's what we talk about a lot.
4: Up uh, front row middle. Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Yeah, you're top ten in the country. I know you want to be even higher. But given that you're first-year coordinator here, players have to learn a whole new scheme, how happy are you with where, what the progress has been?
0: Uh, you know, I'm pleased. I mean, we have seen uh, some success, you know, but um you know it's it's always just defense is such a right now proposition with um, you know failure is not an option, so it's it's just drive, drive, push, push to be better, you know, um, never really look back on any of that until the end of the season when you look back on things. Aside from the, the the plays that didn't go right, I mean, you look at those all the time because you're trying to figure out how to get better. But, you know, like I said when I got here, we don't have three or four years to put this system into to make it into a premier defense. It's got to happen right now this season, so it's my job to keep pushing it.
4: What's your biggest concern?
0: Um you know, defense, because you, you can play well, you can play great for a long time in the game, but it only takes one play. You know, it takes one, one play for something to go wrong or a 50-50 ball to go up in the air. So um, my biggest concern is that we continue to compete and have that mentality on, on defense of stopping them on that play no matter what the score is. You know, we get into some situations where it might be easy to relax and it's my job to to continue to press upon them that stopping people on the next play is a habit. So like when it comes time when you need the defense to stop them, you can't just pull that out of your back pocket and say, hey, let's, let's stop them now on this play. It's got to be an attitude. It's got to be an every down thing regardless of the score or where we're at. So that's that's my biggest concern.
3: Uh, right behind him, uh, Nathan Baird, Cleveland.com. Seems like
1: this is probably the third season in a row where we've had discussions about the defensive ends and the balance between creating pressure and then actually getting home on sacks. Where is your level of satisfaction right now with where that's at and how much do you feel like those have to get home in order for this to be whatever your concept of a, a championship-level
0: defense? Neg- yeah, negative plays, right? Always having. Always having – always having the ability to, um, to get a negative play, right? Because that sets the offense back behind the sticks, um, the pressure on the quarterback. You know, I'm pleased with what we're doing up front. I think it's my job to con- tr- continue to create um, more opportunities, right? To me, it's a function of coverage and rush working together. It's a matter of, you know, the quarterback having to hold the ball, you know, when, when they're getting rid of the ball uh, quickly or you know keeping people in in the protection nobody's guys are going to have a chance to get there so um, I think that's my job to continue to mix it up and you know continue to grow the system we're we're not, we're not there yet in terms of what we're capable of in installation so there are a lot of things out there that I'm trying to sprinkle in week to week just to free those guys up more.
3: Right behind him, Tony Girvin, Buckeye Hunt. Jim, uh, you've said, and your players say it now too, that what happens on Saturdays is is your fault, like the bad things.
7: When did that become your thing?
0: I think it, you know, back at Duke, um, you know, where we had a lot of great future doctors and lawyers, not necessarily, you know, just great, not necessarily professional football players, you know, and um, it was uh, Coach Cutcliffe taught me a lot of things, but one of his things was, you know, a good carpenter never complains about his tools, you know, so then when you go into the game, you know, you need those guys just playing freely if you're gonna have any chance you know if you're overmatched skill wise so and and those were guys that tend to overthink things so they' just trying to free their mind of that you know to go out and play and not worry about making mistakes now here <clears throat> I have pretty I have great I have great tools right I mean I don't know I don't I'm not a fixer guy but what are the best tools like craftsmen or something I, I don't know. I grew up in a row house project, so I, I can't fix anything. But we have great tools. But now, in order to get those, allow those guys to perform, I think it frees them mentally, you know. Um, and it's just a good thing to it's like a good thing for me to put in their mind as they go out to the field, you know. Hey hey, guys, there was a sale. There's a sale today. I, I, I bought all you guys a free pass on any mistakes you, you make today. You know, if that's like the last thing I say to them, to me, they're like, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of fires me up. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Just go out and play. Just go out and play. And I think it's something that, um, you know, if things happen on that field, you know, uh, I have to look at myself first all the time, you know, and, um, if it's great, then it's the players should get the accolades. If it's not, then then I should be the one who's who's figuring out why it didn't. Because in the end, ultimately, all we are is a is a product of our of our habits and our training, right? I know Coach Day believes in that. Coach Mick, you know, the, in the weight room, that's it. We're 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 a product of our habits and training. So if it doesn't show up on the field right, then it's up to me to look at where it went. But how do you get those guys to? perform to their best I think we all worry about making mistakes you know and these are young men who get a lot of pressure from social media or their parents or everybody, everybody's looking at them every single thing they do so I want them just to play when it comes to game day I'll stay on them pretty hard during the week but you know game day let them play front
4: row right, Tim May, Letterman just a quick throwaway. how I many cups of coffee, it is coffee isn't it <laughs> Not anymore. How many cups a day for you?
0: Not that many, six. But, I, but I, 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 I'll make I'll make the coffee and then I'll put like a triple espresso on top of the yeah, coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So but that's just one. That just counts as one.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, my real question: What are conversations like with Tommy Eichenberg? Is there give and take? Is it just? You know, you can tell he's absorbing everything you're saying. I mean, what what is that? Because obviously, with us, he's fairly clipped (laughs) on conversation. But what what is it like with you?
0: Yeah, he's what you see is what you get. He's clipped with me too. I mean, that's what you know. It's there's uh, there's some grunts, you know, you know, and it's like if something's not right, he'll stop and like like barely look at me, but kind of like, and I'll say. You know, you were supposed to do that on this play in practice, right? And he'll go mm-hmm. and go on. You know, they, I mean, because but he's always like he can see things, which is ideal, right? He can see them as they happen. So if something's not right on the practice field, you'll see him just stop, and he won't really say anything. But I know he's looking for me to give him the answer, like, yeah. "What the hell just happened there?" You know, what I mean, and then and then I'll tell him, and he'll just <laughs> and go back and
4: play the next play. But if you had a guy get it. As, you know, you've talked about just in the spring stuff, but if you had a guy get it as quickly as he did with what you're thinking and, you know, what you want out of this defense, et cetera, I mean, is it – I mean, he's
0: as, uh, he he's picked it up as quickly as anyone I've ever worked with.
4: We've got time for just a couple more. Uh, front row right, Austin Ward, rivals, 97.1 the fan.
3: So I'm sort of building off your philosophy there for game days, letting guys go play, on the interception for Steele – and Zach's tip there correct me if I'm wrong. It didn't seem like it was the most exotic play call you could come up with, just maybe two guys making an individual play to their training. Is that well we had a
0: pretty good I mean there's a little more to it yeah, than you seem. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's a, there's there was some bluff going on. There was a, a great one on one matchup that that we created for Zach and he you know and put him at the right position to to take advantage of that. Um but I did kind of look, you know, bust on steel after the game. I said, I thought you were a running back here before I got – no wonder they moved you to linebacker, you know?
3: But the way that they both sort of took, took that call, however you want it, we want to describe it, and then a hand match, recognizing a tip ball, the, the way that they executed it after that, I'm sure from your coordinator seat made you feel pretty
0: good. Yeah, it looked, it, looked, it looked smooth. You know, I think it was, what, a medium? I'm thinking third and medium maybe. Right. So Steele's position and where he at was on the field was, was, was very well planned and he knew exactly where to be. I mean, not that you're predicting the tip, tip ball, but when you, when you talk about areas on the field and where to be, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it is satisfying when it all comes together, but you know, it happens like in a blink, you know, and then you're, I, I, I there's no celebration for me. There is for the guys on the field and I want them to have that because, I'm trying to. Pro- you're always trying to process everything that just happened. What they did. What led to us making that that play. You know, for for the next call. That's what you're. That's what you're working on doing. Uh,
3: front row Middle, uh, Joey Condon, Columbus Dispatch,
2: Jim. Uh, what did you What did you make of Denzel's return after after missing a game and and just kind of dealing with the hand?
0: Yeah, he, he he's dealt with a lot. You know, he really has. He's he's um. You know, he wasn't healthy a lot during camp, so he missed a lot of reps. He's had things already this season. You know, a hand injury for a corner is a big, big deal, you know, because you're constantly jamming receivers or, or you know, shooting your hand up in the right place to get the ball out. So he's a tough kid. I, You know, uh, we, I was really grateful that he, he wanted to be back, and he forced him, you know, he pushed himself to be back. So you know, in this business for a corner to wanting to, wanting to get back out there and compete as quickly as possible. That's a big deal. You know, he's going to keep getting better.
2: In the Arkansas State game, he, when he gave up some plays, you guys took him out and he kind of gave him a breather then gave him back. This was one where he, he kept in the rotation. Was that a case of wanting to get him more reps? Well, just- yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, Hey, you know what? You've, uh, you've, uh, he showed a lot of grit by just being out there, you know, at a position, you know, where in the whole secondary, we've had some, we've had some issues with injuries and he showed a lot of grit being out there. So I, so he definitely deserved the chance to uh, work his way through it
2: time for just a couple more. Andy Anders, Buckeye Sports Bulletin, fourth row middle. Uh, yeah, I had a couple kind of related to my call here. You've called his first step very rare, and the way you guys use him on the defensive line, he's played one tech, he's played three tech, he's played five. Is is that specific skill what makes him so versatile, or is it something else?
0: No, that yeah, that's a, that's a, a big strong guy with a like I said, a great first step, great takeoff. So... um he's got some things that are that are hard to coach so you you know we move him around in different positions to take advantage of that
2: with, um he, he seems to get the most animated after he makes a big play just with the celebration um uh, what does that bring to a defense and how important is that for? Him? yeah
0: M- mike is definitely one of the guys that brings the juice you know they're there he's he's just uh high energy has that personality um that big smile when he makes plays can keep guys loose and I think that's a part of having a great defense. You need people like that.
4: Right next door, Pat Murphy, twenty-four-seven sports. Jim, aside from
2: the the interception play, is there anything still in Steele's game that doesn't look like a linebacker and still looks like he's transitioning? Or when you look at the film, is is he a full linebacker? Now?
0: No, he's a full linebacker. You know, Steele is. I mean, he's. You know, I like I joked with. Yeah, I didn't know him when he was a running back, but. Um, steel is, 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 is in there, you know, and, and I've, and I've, I think um, I've continued to see improvement even during the season in his tackling, you know, I think everybody has seen that, you know, he's starting to really pick up um, how to tackle at this level, you know um, which is not like up around the pads, you know, you see, you know, it's not, it's not high, it's low. You know, it's single-leg takedowns and roll tackles, and it was good. I think Steele's making improvements in that area.
2: I asked him after the game about having the defensive coordinator as his position coach, and he said he thinks that does make a difference because you're the guy who came up with this defense. Have you noticed that in the past when you've worked with linebackers in particular that 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 changes things?
0: Yeah, I think there's a chance for guys to see the forest through the trees. You know, and I'm – when I'm in there talking to them, I'm also talking about everything that's around them, you know, so I think it it gives them a a bigger picture of the defense.
4: Second row left, Stephen Means, Cleveland.com. Jim, just in your experience, what is the more difficult transition teaching a defensive tackle to do edge rusher things or an edge rusher
8: to do defensive tackle things?
0: I think it's an edge rusher teaching them to do defensive tackle things, you know. um on the edge, there's some freedom and there's some space, you know, inside there's, there's nothing but um, heavy traffic, you know? So anytime you're in a position where you could get a block this way or a block this way, you know, that's, that's uh you have to be a real warrior to do that.
4: Watching Zach make plays in there on Saturday. Yeah. I, I think
0: it's great. It's great for him. It's great for his future. It's great for our defense, um, and it gives people uh, something to think about, too, and plan for.
4: Second row middle, Doug lane dot Cleveland.com. Jim, when you're a coordinator
1: and you're working with uh, new assistants, what are you looking for that tells you, okay, this guy's a good coach, I I believe in this guy, and how long does it really
6: take to get a sense of other guys on the staff when you're working with them for the first time?
0: Yeah, I mean, it takes – it takes – you know, usually a full season, right? Until you really, you know, go through the battles together t- to you know, you really know each other. Um, like anything else around here at the Ohio State, we don't have a full season. So it's like, you know, we had to get it done right away. So fortunately, when you have vet- veteran assistant coaches like we have on defense, um, which Coach Day's done a great job of building that staff, um you get a sense right away, because to me a good uh, a great coach wants to be, you know, talented at teaching his position, um, a great like listener and learner, right because you want someone, you want someone who can learn your system and then be um, intelligent enough to like know when to see, okay. I know something that I could do in this case and and to bring that up, you know what I mean? So it's not, it's not like a debate of the, the system. It's like, okay, how do you do things? And then where can I add, how can I learn what you do? And then where can I add to that? You know, it's, it's definitely a, like a veteran balance, you know, that I know I've grown to, I think all coaches grow to, you know, when you're young, um, you're a young man in a hurry, you know I mean? You're always trying to say, Hey, I I knew that let's do this. Let's do that. Let's just, you know, it's okay. When you have some, some time and you've seen the battles, you kind of look at the system and you say, okay, this is our system. How can I add to make it better?
4: Coach, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks guys.
2: And finally from the press conference is running back coach, Tony Alford.
7: coach thanks for spending some time with us um i want to ask maybe less personnel and more just your perspective on some of the goal line stuff this past weekend felt like it was maybe more challenging than it had often been this year when you were in goal to go situations when you look back at the tape what was particularly challenging? well i think
8: that? it's like anything else you know when you bring a bunch of bodies in heavy bodies they bring a bunch of guys and you basically have 22 people within the hashes so there's not a lot of space um you know, we don't really run the quarter. We have not run the quarterback a lot in that situation, so you're going to always be outnumbered. But and and give them credit too. You know, I mean, they, they've they've got good players over there too, and and made some plays. But in the end, you know, in the end, we were able to to still punch things in, and offensive line was able to move people still, and and get the ball in.
7: Questions about Mayan
8: and Trey, so I'll ask you about uh, about Mitch. About Mayan
7: and Trey. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Mitch had some fun with us last week. Yeah. Uh, been talking about, am I a tight end? Am I a fullback? Um, how much have you enjoyed working with Mitch in that spot? Yeah.
8: So you know, Mitch, when he first came here, he 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 was a running back when he first came. You know, coming out of high school and and um, I ran for a bunch of yards down at his high school down in Tennessee area. So you know, he has that he has some of that background in him. And so it's been good. Now, do we spend a lot of time? I don't. I don't spend a lot of time with him. I mean, he comes down a little bit, you know, um, every day just to do a couple little things, ball, ball, um, you know, some ball exchange stuff with the quarterbacks and the running backs. But, but we won't spend an exuberant amount of time with him as well. But, but yeah, it's, it's good for him and it's good for our football team. It gives us another dimension. It gives us another playmaker that can do some things for our offense. So, so it's been really good.
4: Uh, front row left. Dave Biddle,
8: twenty four seven sports. Hi, Tony. Um,
1: obviously Mayan has developed well as a back. Have you even seen him develop as a young man? The reason I ask is I remember talking to him when he was a freshman; he'd barely say two words to <laughs> us. Now he's he's very engaged, and you know, just seems to be a lot more confident as a young. Man. Yeah,
8: I I think he's becoming more confident in his own skin, and and um, but definitely seen him mature as a young man, as you would expect, especially in this program. Um, but he's been through a lot. You know, that guy's had a lot of personal challenges in his life, and. And um, he's been through so much. Um, I'm extremely, extremely proud of the young man that he's become. He's a guy that this entire program leans on and, and loves him. Um, he's got this engaging personality that that when you first meet him, because when I first, I gotta be honest, when I first met him in recruiting, I was like, Who's, "Who tells us? You know, this guy doesn't this guy doesn't talk. You know, but um, but as you get to know him, he's got the the, the kindest, biggest heart um he cares about his teammates he's a team guy consummate team team guy um he's fun he's engaging he brings so much value into the running back room just with his attitude infectious attitude and and uh, he brings that to me every day so so aside from playing ball he brings a lot of value to me personally one more quick one for me um how's a guy like tc Caffey
1: fall through the crap the cracks i know he had one fbs offer army i'm sure you're thrilled that he did getting him as a walk-on. He had one of the best careers in Ohio high school football. I mean, yeah, I, I can't
8: answer. I, I I can't answer that. You know, you'd have to ask all those other schools that missed, but, um, but no, we were fortunate to get him. And, you know, I haven't really actively, me personally, haven't gone out and actively recruited a walk-on like I did a scholarship player and, and you know, probably that's my own fault, but, um, I did with him and his family. And, um, you know, was I told him back in the, way back when if there's some things that come and come and arise for you and your family that you think are in their best interest with scholarships by all means I understand take it but if not and this is something you'd want to entertain here's what we have for you and um and that's what they wanted to do he's a Buckeye and grew up in this great state and wanted to be a part of this program and we are thrilled to death to have him because he's, he's gonna be a good player
2: Thank you. Uh, third row left, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Tony, yes, you guys signed Mayan in 2020. There were a lot of questions about running back recruiting at that time. Because that
8: and guy couldn't recruit.
2: Now <laughs> I know. Does, does, does that make it more satisfying to see what he's doing now?
8: Well, it's not about, you know, trying to satisfy any of you guys or anybody else. It doesn't mean the hell. Just go home, I'm never, no one's ever satisfied at my house. So, But... Um, but no, in all reality, we just want to get players that can help our football team and help our program and help us win. Um, and so that's that's what we came got to mind. And and a lot of people, you know, to your point, a lot of people would have said, well, he's not that highly recruited. But we saw some things in him, obviously, and, and just some, sh- some sheer and raw toughness, um, just the way he plays the game. And he's an Ohio kid, you know, and if we can recruit Ohio players, that's what we're going to do. And um, so it's been great. And he's, like I said, he brings so much value to this football program and and he's a damn good football player. Do
2: you always think Mayan could get to this level or has he even exceeded your expectations?
8: Oh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't – I try not to put expectations on our players, on our kids. I don't try to, try to not to put a ceiling on them and just, just coach them to be the best that they can be. And as, as we continue to grow and climb – you know, we'll go where we can go. But I, I try not to, to say, well, I expect this. And all of a sudden, if he can exceed that, I'm not going to put that ceiling on him. And, and I don't think that's right to do to any player for that matter. But um, but here's what it is. He's tough. I mean, he he is rugged and he's a violent, violent player. And we saw that in high school. We saw that his true freshman year. And it's just continuing to be the guy we think he could be.
3: Uh, uh, <clears throat> left, Tony Gertman, Buckeye help. Tony, what's it like for an assistant coach when you're recruiting and you really, really like a player, but there's no
8: room for him? It's tough. You know, it's hard. And, you know, but that's part of being part of a program like this. You start recruiting guys. And and I think the hardest part about recruiting is you you build these impeccable relationships with kids and families. Um, Sometimes you get them right. There's sometimes eventually you got to turn and walk away from them and where you had a scholarship as you're going, and then all of a sudden you don't. And so that's hard. And, and it's hard to look young people in the face and say, you know, I know, I know you may want to be here, but we just don't have room. Um, but that's part of, that's the business side of it. And and at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer too. At the end of the day, if you build those relationships the right way, um, kids and coaches, we're all diligent about the work that we do, that everybody eventually fits where they're supposed to fit. Was
4: Mayan in danger of being one of those guys that, you
8: wanted, but didn't end up a Buckeye. My, well, he was a guy. Again, it, we were on some guys, some other guys. I, he was always right there, and we were always talking to him. And um, but at the end of the day, you know, we didn't know where it was going, and, and and it kind of fell back, fell back into his lap a little bit, and then he had some decisions to make. Remember, he was committed to Iowa State. Um, and he could probably tell you more about it. But I mean, I, I quite frankly, I think he was pretty pissed at me, <laughs> you know. Well, no, I he was pissed at me. But, um, you know, and I've told a story before that that, you know, long story short is first impressions do go a long way, but they also can be wrong sometimes, too. And like I said, he didn't talk much. He kind of sat there and didn't say much. He wouldn't. He wasn't very responsive to things that I was trying to say to him or do with him as far as. Calls and text messages and driving an hour and a half up here, and so I was kind of like, well, maybe he doesn't want to be recruited by us. But it really came down to I think he might have felt that I had slighted him a little bit. Um, and then as I got to know him, I did. I went down to him and at the time was his head coach, Coach Parker. And I remember sitting him down in the weight room. We're sitting here, and I and I did. I I said I'm gonna. I have to apologize to you. Whether you come to Ohio State or not, I have to clear my my chest here. Um, I have to apologize to you because. I had the wrong impression of you. And I was wrong. And and I think that um I think I, I hope to think that was probably a big moment in our relationship that hey I, I was wrong. And as I've got to know him more, I I saw no this this kid's got something about him. And he may not talk a lot on the onset, but he's listening and hearing everything. Um and he's about as respectful as a young man as you could get.
2: Does he apologize to you?
8: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And there's no need to he would never have, he didn't do anything wrong, you know, and um, but he's a highly competitive kid. He really is. And and I think the one thing that he brings in the room that really our whole room is that way is they, they champion each other's efforts. And there's 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 zero selfishness in that room. Um, and for me to walk into a room like that, that's it's it's an absolute joy to be a part of.
4: Second row left, Steve Pellwegan, twenty four seven sports. Yeah, hey coach. Um, I know you can't go into the nature of Travion's injury, but uh, can you recount? I guess what exactly transpired? How that all kind of went sideways? Yeah, it.
8: it, it do that's something that he and our medical staff that came in, and you know, obviously we want um, also want all our players to be healthy and be ready to play. But at the end of the day, we're going to defer to our medical staff. And um, when they came in and said, "Hey, here's what we feel is going on with him." in in conversation with Trey and here's what we feel is best and within seconds we moved on and then made the adjustments necessary
4: I know availability is an important part of this whole thing you've got to be on the field to play does what Mayan showed you in that game lead you guys to as a staff to maybe reconsider the roles of those two guys if Travion is completely healthy and I I'm not even into this whole starting thing or whatever but just number of carries the roles for these guys
8: No, I I mean, I look at it as we have two starters. I have the whole time. Um, I've not looked at it as a, well, you know, this guy's got to be, he gets so many more carries or this. I I just don't function that way. Um, We have two guys that are capable of being starters here, we have two guys that are capable of playing championship level football, we believe. Um, And we're going to use them according to how we need to use them to help win games. And, um, you know, I get asked the question during training camp every year, well, do you want to do things by committee or does it have to be some bell cow, as people put it? And I say the same thing every year. I don't care. I want to win games. We're here to win games. We're not here to stack up stats. If stats come with it, then fantastic. But we're here to win games. And however we have to do that, that's how we do it.
4: Second row middle, Nathan Baird, Cleveland.com.
7: Uh, a non-mine
1: question, but where did the from what you were watching in preseason camp? Where did things change for Dallin Hayden? Was it something that as soon as he got here, you saw maybe more than you were expecting, or did uh, did something kind of start flashing?
8: Well, I think this reps. You know, um, you know, during training camp when Evan went down, that afforded that afforded Dallin to get more reps, and with more reps, you get seen more. And and have opportunities to flash, if you will, and and to make plays. So, I think that the rep count up for him, and it helped him, obviously, because now he's, he's getting to play and getting some experiences that maybe he might not have had otherwise as many. And so that um um I won't I won't say it's a benefit, but but that afforded him more opportunities, and that's kind of where it started to show up.
4: Right next door, Doug dot Cleveland.com. Tony, the Sorry. offensive. Uh, meetings that you guys have when you're sitting down in the middle of the week
2: and getting ready to make the game plan for Saturday. Can you just tell us kind of what it's like in that room and and as an, an assistant coach, what's the balance of? Hey, I want to get my ideas in there, but also you know the meeting can't be ten hours long and you're doing yeah. The structure.
8: You know we have a we we have a structure of offense that we that we run and um, myself, Coach Day, Coach Hinton. Um, Coach Fry, we kind of do go off and we'll start doing the run game. Um, we're, you know, we kind of sit down and say, okay, here are the things at uh, least these certain formations that we like. And um, based on the defense that they present, um, then we'll come back. We, you know, we, we leave and we come back as a full staff and kind of just try to put it all together. And, um, you know, then we kind of interject, well, here's the pass game and here's the play action passes that go along with things. And so we just kind of piece it all together and um, – yeah, but again, everyone has a say. Everyone has an, uh, has an opportunity to express things that they think would do to enhance. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just kind of like being in a family, right? At the end of the day, when we walk out the door, we're we'll going to all be on the same page. We can't do everything. Um, people can't get upset. And, and, and if their idea isn't used, that's okay. Um, and, and we do what's best. To, what's best to put our players in the best position to be successful based on what they can do. That works in the confines of our offense. I don't know if that answers your question.
6: What's Ryan like running the meeting? He's
8: game? the best. I mean, and I'm not saying I mean you say, Well, you better say that, right? <laughs> no, no, actually the guy is amazing. Um and I've told him this before. I I you know, I've been doing this a long time. And I've worked for numerous head coaches, obviously, in different stops and different schools. And you know, I've been fortunate, I've never had a bad job. And but I do believe that that Ryan Day is one of the all-time top guys I've ever, ever worked, been had the pleasure to work for and with, and you know, and I say with because um, he does not make you feel like you work for him; you work with him. Um, just the the man that he is, the, the he makes everyone feel valued and and um, heard, um, so that empowers you to do your job. And it empowers you to do your job and to have ownership in what you do because he allows that. And not only is it allowed, he promotes that. Um but he does the same thing with our players. And and so I am I am um I am indebted to, to be able to work with a guy like that.
4: Right in front of Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Tony, could you kind of give your assessment of how has played
8: this year? He's done okay. He's done some good things, so I think um you know, I think some people might be remiss because he hasn't had some of the big runs that, that, that he had had earlier last year, but but he's still doing some good things. And, um, you know, is there room for improvement? sir. Sure. Yeah, there's there's room for improvement in everybody's game. But uh, but he has not played poorly whatsoever. Um, I, I, I think he might be a little frustrated because there haven't been the, the long, dynamic 50, 60, 70-yard runs, But but those will come. You know, those will come do you want to see him improve, I just think you know, just um, some of the some of the vision things, and I think attacking, you know, second, third level defenders, and, and kind of making some guys miss in the back end of the defense. Um, but a lot of that's on me, you know, that I could be doing some things that could probably help more, as far as drill work and and, and things like that. And um, but but he he's done some, but he has he's done some really good things for this offense, and he will continue to. And you're still talking about a guy that's ripping off, I don't know, six six and a half, seven yards a carry. I mean, that's pretty damn good. You know, um, I think where he's really improved is his blocking. Um, You know, so so he's still doing some very good things in our offense, and we're going to expect him to continue to enhance those and get better.
5: Right next door, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch.
8: Tony,
2: just wanted to – to ask your thoughts, I uh, haven't had Steel Chambers in your room for a few years and watching what he's done as uh, a linebacker now. Just what do you make of his success? in those Yeah, days? well,
8: so when we recruited Steele, one of the things a lot of people didn't want him as a linebacker. As a matter of fact, our defensive coaches wanted him as a linebacker, but he wanted to play running back. And so we took him as such, and, and we didn't have the conversations early in his career that if this doesn't – if you're not getting a ton of reps on offense, we will possibly approach you about playing defense. You can always reserve the right to say No. But he said yes to it. Um, he just wanted to play, um, so it doesn't surprise me that he's doing well over there. Um, I kind of, think it was about maybe 20 seconds after his interception, I was like, "Well, this is why you're that linebacker," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, but no, he's done well, and I'm very proud of him. I'm happy for him. He's helped his football team. He's helping himself. Um, I think it's been a good situation for everybody involved.
4: Right next door, Tim May, Letterman Road. Tony, I don't know if you remember this far back, but you used to play running back.
8: That was—I uh, don't remember. That was yeah. so far long ago. When that
4: you was. look at a guy at you know, this, I think only running backs maybe can even relate to this. But the violence that from play to play—I mean, right. 90, nineteen times out of twenty, you're going to get knocked down pretty hard and stuff. Uh, and Mayan seems to have the ability to kind of throw punches back a little bit. You know, w- what are you looking for when you're looking for a running back? And in that regard, I mean. Can he be tough enough? I guess is the question. But number two, what just stands out about Mayan in that area?
8: Yeah. Well, first of all, I think Mayan—he's about three feet tall. So, but um, just, you just—you know—Mayan doesn't give you much surface area to hit. You know, it's all shoulders and, and and thighs, and and he's so he's so strong. You know, the lower half of his body is like hitting tree trunks, and and. Um, he does a really good job of speeding up into contact and, you know, um, conventional wisdom would say, if you are like that knowledge of driving a car, um, when you're going into contact or hit a car, if you're, if you're to have a car accident, you hit the brakes and slow down. Well, this is a little different. You have to speed up into contact and he has a, he has an uncanny way of, of speeding up into contact, um, driving his legs into contact and through contact. Um, he's got really, really good contact balance. So he's able to take shots and bounce off of them and still keep keep his balance. And he's a load. He's 200, what 225, 227 pounds. Um, So yeah, but he has an uncanny ability to be able to speed up into contact and then you know he reduces the surface area in his in his pad level, so there's not a lot to hit.
4: But it's also a willingness to do it. I mean, Absolutely.
8: you, know, you got to be a willing combatant. Yeah, no, no doubt. You can't be soft.
4: Yeah, can you look in his eyes and see when he's really, I mean, in a game? What, what You've just got
8: just to talk, talk to him. I mean, it's not about just in game. I mean, yeah. just sit down. If you sit down and have a conversation with him, um, he's a he's a tough guy. And, and he's a very motivated guy. And um, there's nothing soft about that kid. I mean, now, again, he's very nice and he's humble and, and all those things, but he is a he is, he is is a tough guy.
4: Got time for two more questions. Front row right, awesome Ward, Rivals, 97.1, the fan.
3: Tony, just to clarify, what you say every training camp is that you don't have a crystal ball, not that you don't care. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> <That's
8: funny>. um, <laughs> I want to clarify that. Yeah.
3: Um, do you – tell me how off-base this may or may not be. Do you see anything or did you see anything with Trey before – foot that reminded you of 2018 with JK and wanting to take the next step as a sophomore and he He wanted to hit home runs and sharing time with Mike and all that. It's-
8: no, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think this is everything is individualized and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I got to be honest with us. I'm, I'm not going to allow people to paint a picture of this kid's not playing well. Yeah. And, and, and No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that you did. But, but, no, I didn't, I didn't see that, and I haven't seen that. Um, so, you know, I, I just think circumstances, we are where we are, and, and there's some things that we can do better, and he can do better, and um, I can do better. Um, there's some things that mine can do better, and Dallin and my whole room. So um, we're not a finished product we're in week five, and um, we're going to keep swinging. And, um, and, again, we're just trying to win as many games as we can, however it looks.
4: And final questions right behind him, uh, Bill Landis, Rivals.
6: Tony, uh, when,
1: when you're recruiting to a room that could very well end up looking like what you have now, and there's essentially two starters, as you said, is there a, a personality trait that you look for in high school players that tells you they can excel in that kind of environment as opposed to one where they're getting 30?
8: Yeah, you know, I think um, just unselfishness, you know, and, and, and team guys. And that's why when recruits come here, and, and we're fortunate to get them on this campus. Obviously, I spend a lot of time with them, but I want them to spend time with our players. I want them to, to spend time with Trey and Evan and Mayan and, and Dallas and TC. I want to spend time with all those guys um, because they'll be able to tell me, too, what's really, what's really going on. How does this kid really think? Um, but that's the biggest thing. Just besides the skill sets, right? You're talking about the personality traits. Just a guy that's very, very unselfish, a guy that um, that understands and values hard work. And and loves to play football. I mean, loves none none like to play, but loves to play. And and just because the guy flashes on tape doesn't mean he and, and he outruns everybody doesn't mean he loves the game. They might just tell you might just be better than everybody else. But do you love this game and all the stuff that comes around with it? Because um, it's not easy. It's it's not easy, and um, you have to be able to to leave your ego at the door, as they say. Right and strip your ego off this thing and say, listen, you know, whatever you have to do to help us perform to win. And, and that's what we need. And are you willing to do that? And we ask those questions. So it's not a shock to your system when you come in and say, well, I have to share carries or I have to, you know, I'm maybe not the, the, the number one receiver that everyone goes to. It's, we have a lot of guys that can play. And at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer of this, too, that at the end of the day, Bill, everyone's going to get theirs. If we have the success that we all desire to have and we all covet, every single person will get theirs in the end. And so, um, and so we, I, I won't say we. I, I try to recruit to that.
4: Coach, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Nice you. All right. Take care.